Most episodes of Software Engineering Daily are interviews with an expert about a technical software concept. Over the past year, I've done a few experiments that are more editorial in nature, and both of these editorial episodes were very popular. The first editorial was about 10 philosophies for engineers, and the second was about how poker relates to software engineering. Today's episode is an editorial about the creative process of writing computer music and how it relates to software engineering. Since this episode is a departure from the normal format, I'm releasing it on a weekend and there are no ads on this episode. If you don't like it, don't worry. On Monday, Software Engineering Daily will be back to the usual highly technical rigor. In any case, please send your feedback on Twitter, or you can email me at softwareengineeringdaily at gmail.com. And with that, let's get started with this episode. A year ago, I was working at Amazon as a software engineer. Much of my spare time was spent writing music on the computer. I would wake up at 6 a.m., work on music for three hours, and then walk to work through downtown Seattle at my job at Amazon. The great tragedy of working at any giant tech company is that most employees are completing menial tasks that make the company millions of dollars and make the employee a small fraction of that financial windfall. In the past, these economics made sense for the employee. The employer used to be a source of leverage for talented workers. But today, our tools are so cheap and powerful that we can succeed on our own without a giant corporation. Unfortunately, this is such a recent development that most employees remain trapped within the story of the corporation. Employees dutifully believe that the corporation is doing them a favor. When I was at Amazon, the last song that I wrote was called Zeros. It's about people who are not aware of the fact that they have so much more power than the corporations lead them to believe. So I hope you enjoy this first song. It's called Zeros. We become a shame of aspiration. We got more power than confidence. It's just inertia, there's no intent Everyday people do everyday things and I'm just one of them We are modernists, we are not dangerous to the status quo
Writing music is similar to writing software. The digital audio workstations that music producers use are similar to IDEs that we use to step through uh, debugging or detecting errors in our code. Just as an IDE will help you organize your code and manage your abstractions, a digital audio workstation can be used to coordinate instruments. The workstation can tell you what keys to play in what order, so you don't need to know anything about the classical music theory that many people fear when they are thinking about potentially learning music. Despite all of this help, the music software still doesn't write the song for you. Much like the human-machine teams that currently dominate competitive chess, the best music today comes from the musicians who are able to work in harmony with the most sophisticated technology. And this has always been the case, from the Beatles, to Max Martin, to Skrillex. And what the human brings to the table in human-machine music creation is an understanding of contemporary tastes. And this is why I spend so much time listening to pop music. The top 40 radio stations and Spotify playlists are not perfectly democratic, but they're very close. I pay attention to the trends of the most popular music, and I try to replicate them. Because even though I try to replicate them, I know I will never fully succeed, and the replicative process will merge with my bizarre idiosyncrasies and make something that's completely new, but hopefully close enough to the popular desires that it resonates with people. And this next song was written because I was trying to copy the bass line that became popular from the Iggy Azalea song, Fancy, which was number one for seven weeks straight in the summer of 2014. Even after trying to copy the bass line, I ended up with a very different song than Fancy, so I hope you enjoy it.
Open source software allows software quality levels to reach new heights. With open source, new software builds compounding interest on previously written software. The software spreads and replicates freely around the internet thanks to open repositories that new users can pull from. In music, this easy replication of information has led to a sampling revolution. This started in the 1980s and slightly before that, I think, with uh, hip-hop. And sampling is the act of cutting a snippet of sound from a song or a TV show or simply any random noise that you find interesting and turning that snippet of sound into its own instrument. In 2010, I was studying hip-hop production techniques. On uTorrent, I found a download of hip-hop acapellas. These are samples of rappers rapping without instrumentals behind them. So you can take these acapellas that were originally written for singles by popular rappers, and you can do whatever you want with them. I stitched some of these acapellas together, and I made a lyrical sample with 50 Cent, Eminem, and Nas. And this is nothing new. Plenty of people do this, remixing stuff. Um, but this is an example of me doing it. Uh, underneath that vocal for the instrumental, I sliced up a sample from 24 Karat Black, which is a soul and funk band from the 1970s. And this band has been sampled by many hip-hop artists. As a warning to sensitive listeners, these lyrics contain some harsh and sexist language. They do not represent my views as a podcaster, just as a... Uh, I'm just using them as a tool for creativity. They really don't represent my views or anything. So I hope you enjoy this next song. Y'all don't see me in the hood. It's because I'm doing this, man. Niggas, I'm still grinding. Yeah, I'm still hearing those sirens. I'm still getting chased by those lights. Only the lights line and my mic's on. And my time is none because I'm writing more. And I ain't here to meet a soul in this business. I'm here to eat, speak, and to these hoes feel this show. And I can't let y'all derail me, man. I got young Kobe, homie. You gotta let go of Obi. Cause Obi be back. We get them craps going on and that yak going on. Soon as a nigga touch down, back from torn. It's whatever. Put that on the cheddar, man. But in the meantime, it's Jimmy Iovine time. Chase cheese rhyme till my voice give out. This is it, my niggas. This what we boast about. Now I'm here, so shut your motherfucking mouth and show me love, bitch. Schools where I learn, they should be burned. It is poison. Physicians prescripting us medicine, which is poison. Doctors injecting our infants with the poison. Religion misunderstood is poison. Love, bitch. Schools where I learn, they should be burned. It is poison. Physicians prescripting us medicine, which is poison. Doctors injecting our infants with the poison Religion misunderstood is poison There's a certain mystique when I speak That you notice that's sorta unique Cause you know it's me My poetry's deep and I'm still mad at The way I flow to this beat You can't sit still It's like trying to smoke crack and go to sleep I'm strapped It's knowing any minute I could snap I'm the equivalent of what would happen if Bush rapped I bullied these rappers so bad lyrically It ain't even funny I love bitch money you can't pay me enough for you to play me it's cockamamie you just ain't zany enough to rock with shady my noodle is cockadoodle my clock's cuckoo i got screws loose yeah the whole kit and caboodle i'm just brutal it's no rumor i'm numero uno assume it there's no humor in it no more you know i'm rolling with a
a swollen bowling ball in my mouth. Poison. Schools where I learned they should be burned. It is poison. Physicians prescripting us medicine, which is poison. Doctors injecting our infants with the poison. Religion misunderstood is poison. Poison. Schools where I learned they should be burned. It is poison. Physicians prescripting us medicine, which is poison. Doctors injecting our infants with the poison. Religion misunderstood is poison. My buzz is crazy in the hood. They holler my name. If it ain't about the flow, it's about the stones in the chain. If I was you, I love me too. I roll like a boss. Not 11 Paul, same color as cranberry sauce. I ain't going front. I thought all Kelly was his shit. Let me find out he fucking around with Bow Wow, bitch. Niggas eating popcorn, right? Rewinding the tape. Now, shorty mama in the precinct. Hollering rape. I'm convinced, man. Something really wrong with these hoes. I thought little Kim was hot. Did she start fucking with her? Nose. Used to listen to Lauryn Hill and tap my feet. Then the bitch put out a CD, it didn't have no beat. That boy D'Angelo, he determined not to fail. That nigga went butt ass for his record to sell. My back shot to help Ashanti hit them high notes. And Big Ben taught Charlie B more the deep throat. This next song is called Chicago. It was written while I was in Chicago at my first job out of college, and the creation of this song is driven more by raw emotion than any logical approach, any music theoretical approach, or any specific musical concept. I was working at uh, an options trading company called Peak Six as a software engineer. The people at the company were fascinating. They had extreme personalities and brutal honesty, and it was a really fun place to work. Um, it encouraged the honesty and this this interesting personality type more than anywhere else that I've worked. At Peak Six, building options trading software that could directly translate into profits for the company, I also had the feeling that if I did something important that made the company a lot of money, I would be compensated fairly. And in this sense, a trading company can be much more of a meritocracy than other tech companies. But at the same time, I was feeling a sense of isolation from living in Chicago. I didn't have many friends, and I was just very isolated, and it was extremely cold in Chicago. And since I'm from Texas, it heightened the feeling of isolation. So I hope you enjoy this next song, Chicago.
working at a trading company, if you build a software feature for the traders in your company, you can walk over to the traders and ask them how much money that your feature is making them. If they say it has increased their profits by 10%, it is very straightforward to go and ask your boss for a raise of at least 10%. In contrast to most tech companies, if you build a tool that improves productivity for your coworkers or your customers at most big tech companies, it's often harder to quantify whether you deserve a raise based on building that piece of software. Furthermore, at big tech companies, there is so much office politics and so many rules of propriety and servility and respect for your superiors. If you do something that you think is impressive, but it doesn't positively impact your manager, that action might actually have negative consequences for you as an employee. And you hear this manifested in that frequent advice that you should always try to make your manager look good, which is pretty perverse. On the trading floor, the atmosphere of healthy debate and brutal honesty and lots of money flying around It reminded me of my roots as a poker player, and in that sense, I felt at home. In college, I was so obsessed with the intersection of finance and technology that I wrote a piece of fiction about an artificial intelligence that gets built at a hedge fund. The AI gets so smart that it eventually divests itself from the hedge fund and starts its own company, calling itself simply Bank. This next song is about the financial AI that awakens within that hedge fund, and the song is called Bank.
software engineers have written a game at some point in their career. I spent much of my time in college thinking about games that reflected the absurd financial fluctuations that I experienced as a poker player early on in my uh, lifetime. The greatest games provide the players with a sense of drama, and a game should be designed with the ability to turn your stomach or fill you with elation and adrenaline. One game that I worked on in college with a few friends is called Moonstocks. I built it with a few friends, Josh Stewart and Pong Tam. And in this game, you can buy and sell fictional stocks that fluctuate in price based on Fourier transforms of songs that I wrote. On the Android Play Store, you can download Moonstocks if you're interested. Moonstocks gave me great pleasure because it allowed me to combine my niche interests of games, finance, music, storytelling, and programming. This is a lesson in creativity that is preached often these days in our long-tail economy. If you can't be a 10,000-hour master of one specific thing, try to master the intersection of a few niche topics— The more unusual the topics that you pursue, the greater a chance you have at developing a deeper understanding than anybody else. Another game that I built in college was called Rat Market. The setting of the game is a post-apocalyptic world where the only organisms left are rats and humans. Rat meat has become the only commodity that is traded in this world, and human arbitrageurs create bizarre financial instruments out of the rat meat commodity trading market. This was yet another dead-end project that I worked on, and I'm sure many software engineers that are still listening to this are familiar with the dead-end project. But after working on this project for a while, I was so engrossed and so interested in this world that I had dreamed up that I wrote a song based on it. So I hope you enjoy this next song, Rat Market. Yeah. 
Absurdity is at the heart of the projects that I work on. Playing with absurd concepts lets you stay unpredictable as the creator. When you combine absurdity with a relentless work ethic, you end up exploring more ideas with more tenacity than anyone else. People who respond to absurdity with condemnation or shame, these people are repressed. They have never discovered the utility of the absurd, because they have never experimented outside of the local maxima of what makes sense to them. This is not to say that absurdity should be adopted as a way of life. Absurdity taken too far is embarrassing and unproductive. A pleasant intellectual conversation with a hint of absurd humor can be ruined by a sarcastic person, or a drunk, or a stoner, that really just takes absurdity too far. Absurdity is a tool to explore the edges of what has not been clearly delineated by science and reason. It is with a taste for the absurd that Airbnb was dreamed up. I've seen enough videos of the Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky telling the Airbnb story to know that absurdity is deeply ingrained of the DNA of that company. How else would you come to the conclusion that having strangers sleeping on airbeds in your apartment would be a billion dollar business? Not to mention the cereal box fundraising story. That is some leveraging of the absurd. When I try to reason about how intelligent machines will think about the world, my sense of logic fails me. When we are speculating about how machines will think, we instinctively turn to the way that humans think, and we try to imagine robot cognition relative to the human model of cognition. This is almost certainly wrong, but still, this topic inevitably comes up in conversations if you are a software engineer and you talk to other software engineers. So, vacillating between the ideas of the serious and the absurd, the next two songs explore two sides of how I speculate about the evolving artificial intelligence discussion. The first song is simply called Robots, and it, ex it represents the absurdly alien sense of how robots might come online with self-awareness. The second song, Roger the Robot Janitor, explores the human relativistic view of how robots might think to themselves.
Roger the Robot Janitor is more about humans than it is about robots. Most of us have had a job that we don't like. Roger has been designed with cutting-edge artificial intelligence technology, and his job is to clean toilets at an elementary school. If you are a well-educated American listening to this, you were probably raised with the belief that you could do anything. You jumped through all of the right hoops, you went to college, you got a high-paying job, and yet... Somewhere along the way, the ideals that you felt growing up turned into a desperation in the pit of your stomach. It feels like something happened along the way, and you are no longer looking at the world as a big sea of opportunities, but you are looking at it as something to insulate yourself from and to relentlessly hedge against. 
It is an all-American seduction that many of the best and brightest computer scientists are seduced from college into crappy, dead-end jobs at giant software companies. These are dead-end jobs because they trick you into believing a mindset that is not true, and that mindset can last you your entire life, which means it's a dead-end. And that erroneous mindset is the idea that you need a giant corporation to survive. It is not noble and validating to go work at a job with minimal creativity and maximal servility. In this sense, we are all Roger the Robot Janitor. We have all woken up to realize that we have been programmed with the peculiar desire to keep ourselves from doing anything substantial for fear of disrupting the safe but blasé life that we have established for ourselves. If you have had this realization, you have either suppressed it or experienced a dramatic internal transformation. Or, if you are like me when I was at Amazon, you you are experiencing cognitive dissonance. You're suppressing yourself from acting out because you are in preparation mode. You are preparing to escape your cloistered environment. You are saving up money and willpower. You are on the career track, but soon you will be on your own, and there is great drama in this moment.
the summer of 2010, the cassette to iPod connecting cable in my car broke, and I could no longer play podcasts and music while I was in the car. On the commute to and from my summer internship, I had an hour and a half of time driving. So I started listening to radio, and during this time I discovered the beauty of contemporary pop music. The melodies in pop music are extremely simple, and this makes songwriting extremely simple. In software engineering, when you have the simplest abstractions, programming is exhilarating. Studying pop music was like studying functional programming. The abstractions make creativity unexpectedly easy. Also, both pop music and functional programming have rabid fan bases. In order to fully adopt the mindset of a pop musician, I had to write a song about love and relationships and heartbreak, because almost every pop song is actually about romance. During this time, I was becoming so obsessed with pop music that I decided that at some point in the future, I am going to become a pop music producer. I don't know when in my career this is going to occur, but it is a decision that I have made. With this in mind, I needed to learn to collaborate because just like in programming, the lone programmer, myth of the lone programmer, it doesn't really work. I mean, it does work. Like you can be a lone programmer and get have a great career, but you can accomplish much more if you find out how to work with people. And I have been a solo music producer for most of my life, so I needed to learn to collaborate. And I convinced my friend Genevieve to sing the lyrics that I wrote, and it was a great experience. The song is called Let Down.
At this point, I have talked through almost an hour's worth of songs. This topic is too self-indulgent, it's too far removed from the core idea of Software Engineering Daily, and I don't want to go any further today. But if you listened this far, I sincerely thank you for giving my music a listen, for hearing some of the strange ideas I have. Um, I will shortly be back to the typical episodes, Monday through Friday, talking about uh, things that are more tangible, distributed databases, JavaScript frameworks, you know, functional programming languages, things that people actually want to hear about. So I always want to know what you think of this show. This is a show about software engineering. It's Software Engineering Daily. I want to know what you think. Send me an email at softwareengineeringdaily at gmail.com. You can tweet at me. It is a huge privilege to have people who listen to this show. So let me know what you want to hear about. I do this full time and you know your listenership is so valuable to me. So I really want to know what you want to hear about. I'm going to close with a song that I wrote for my cat, Scout. This song is called Scout. Thanks again for listening to Software Engineering Daily. Mm-hmm.